Right, hey, listen, if you have your Bible, turn with me to Isaiah 43, or you can go your phone, your tablet, our church app. Um, Isaiah 43, 19. I want to also read Revelation 21, 5 uh, as well. Uh, Pastor Ty and Tanya will be back next week. Isaiah 43, 19 and Revelation 21, 5. Revelation 43, 19 says this, for I am about to do something new. And then Revelation 21, 5 says, then he who sat on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. Let's pray over our time in the word. Father, we come before you and thank you that you are the God of newness, of freshness. As we just sang, as we as we read just now in your word, Lord, you make all things new. And I thank you that you're doing something new in us individually, Lord, as a church, Lord God as families, in our community, or even in the face of tragedy and the different things we just prayed over, I know you can bring newness through it all and you can work it out again for our good and for your glory. So I pray you'd be glorified during the rest of our time today and help us as we hear your word to apply it to our lives. Lord, help me to clearly present your word this morning. I need you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the Lord said, he, he, he was speaking in both of these verses. So we see even the Lord himself likes new things, right? No wonder our nature is to be revved up at the experience of something new, something that's brand new, right? We were created in God's image. So just as God likes new things, we're created in his image and we get excited about new things too, right? Like a lot of us probably got some brand new stuff for Christmas. Isn't that right? Right? So weren't you excited when you got something new? Unless maybe if you know there's another pair of socks or something like that, right? You might not have been too excited about that. But we all get excited. We all love that new car smell, right? Man, when you have that new, there's just something about that. Or, or when you open up something that's new, you, you get excited. Or I'm excited about our new youth pastor. There's always this excitement and this anticipation when there's, there's newness. And so it is with the Lord as well. So obviously we're gearing up for a brand new year. You know, new is not just a position on the calendar. It, it, it should be an attitude or a total frame of mind. So as you think about and pray about the new year, I want you to think about a new you. And usually for the last few years, I've, I've always preached on this Sunday of the year. And I'm always trying to focus on, as, as everybody is, getting geared up for the new year. So I don't want you to just focus on a new year or a new position on a calendar or having a new calendar. If you're like my wife, she still likes paper calendars, right? And something new and, and, and something where you, it, it, it's a clean slate. But I want you to focus on a new you. A new year opens up new possibilities for you. You can reset your relationships, your health, your spiritual life, your finances, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever it is that you're desiring to reset or to be new, a new year always gives us a new chance to do this. Isn't that right? You can begin to clean up all the mistakes you may have made this year as well. So here's how to become brand new in the new year. I want to give you a few things this morning and the rest of our time together. How can you become brand new? In this new year, number one, focus on new relationships, focus on new relationships. You know, the terrible words, maybe mistakes, attitudes towards those closest to you can all be made new. I know you think sometimes, man, this relationship is too far gone. 
I've done too much damage. I'm here to tell you this morning, that's not true. That's a lie from the enemy. God makes all things new. Didn't we just read that, right? Does it say he makes some things new? No, it says he makes all things new. God is the God of redemption. God is the God of restoration. He can restore anything. It may look impossible on our end, but God can make all things new. If you made some serious mistakes with those closest in your life, you know, to make it new, it all starts with a sincere and heartfelt apology. I'm sorry goes a long way. When it is meant, when it is sincere. Look at Acts 24, 16. In view of all this, I also do my best and strive always to have a clear conscience before God and before people. You know, the best way to keep a clear conscience is to sincerely apologize and ask for forgiveness. You know, for years I read that scripture, and if you've been here any amount of time, you've heard me say this, but for years I read that scripture, and I looked at that as, well, the Apostle Paul was saying, I try to keep a clear conscience before God and people. In other words, so I try, I do my best not to do anything wrong. But then I heard it taught, and I thought, and I got the revelation that that's not what Paul was saying. He's saying I try to keep a clear conscience, meaning when I do mess up, I repent and ask God to forgive me, and I go to that brother or sister that I've hurt, and I've asked them for forgiveness as well. That's what that scripture means. I try to keep a clear conscience before God and people. So, you know, I know you can look back at the end of this year, and you maybe look at a lot of mistakes you've made, especially in, in, the, in the realm of relationships. And listen, I know I talk about relationships a lot. A few weeks ago when I preached, this was I, I focused on one of my points on relationships as well, but our life is all about relationships, church, right? Right? It's all about relationships. Our relationship with God and our relationship with others around it. If you don't have right relationships in your life, everything else is going to go off kilter, right? You, you, you know, it, 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 we have to focus on relationships. We have to focus on making relationships right the most we can in our part. So we have to ask for forgiveness when we've hurt those around us. And it's maybe been years and you've been holding on to it. Listen, strive to have a heartfelt, pray about having a heartfelt apology and giving uh, grace to those that have hurt you, which is the next thing. You know, work on forgiving those that hurt you. Listen, I want to strongly encourage you not to go into another year carrying unforgiveness. Please do not go into 2020. Start a brand new year's holding on to unforgiveness, something that you've been holding on to for many, many years. Maybe it just happened last week. Maybe it just happened at Christmas, but maybe you've been holding on to it for years, maybe even decades. Please don't go into another year holding on to unforgiveness. If you want to make relationships new, forgive. Amen? Ephesians 4.32 says this, Instead, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Why should we forgive? Because we've been forgiven. Jesus talks about this. He gave the whole parable about how we've been forgiven so much, so we ought to forgive. And it, not only that, before that, two other things. The Bible encourages us to be kind to one another and to be tender hearted. And through this, I believe, you know what, when you begin to forgive, and we're going to talk about this in more detail towards the end, your heart begins to get soft to that person. I believe that unforgiveness is a key to, to, to unlock many, many relational issues that we have in our lives. Think about relationships like a symphony. Sour notes and misrhythms randomly happen 
but the whole symphony doesn't stop. Isn't that right? Anybody's ever gone see the Acadiana uh, Symphony Orchestra? Right? If you see something amazing like that, they miss notes every once in a while, but you can't tell, right? Because why? The symphony goes on. They keep on playing. I'm sure Brian's nodding his head as the worship team. There's missed notes all the time. I, we're in meetings and Nathan and Maria's like, oh man, did you hear this and that? I was like, I didn't hear anything, you know? I thought it was great, you know? Why? I knew they're musicians in that key, but the reason why I didn't hear anything, because even though there was a couple mistakes, the worship team kept playing. They kept working together. They kept grinding it out, so to speak. And to me, it sounded great. So listen, move on. Keep playing together. Work hard at understanding each other. Your relationships are worth the effort. Let me say that again. Your relationships are worth the effort. Every relationship in your life, like, oh man, it's not even worth it anymore. Yes, it is. If anything today, I want you to get a different mindset, a paradigm shift that your relationships are worth it. Listen to what Romans 12, 18 says. If possible, do the best, if possible, to the best of your ability, live at peace with all people. The best of your ability on your part. Some translations say, do what you can on your part. Now listen, you, you can apologize and you can forgive. You can do your part. You can't make somebody else do something, right? But the Bible says as much as it's possible on your end, do your part to be at peace with everybody. You know, also look to build new relationships with people who can help you grow in your faith and as a person. I love how the Amplified says this uh, verse, Proverbs 27, 17, a, a very familiar verse that a lot of you may know and we, we quote often. It says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens, listen to this, and influences another through discussion. Isn't that good? Influences one another through discussion. The first thing I think about when I read that is life groups. That's why we have life groups here. If you're, if you're a first-time guest, you're not sure what a life group is. A life group is a small group of people doing life together. That can be a Bible study. It can be a common interest group. There's a scrapbooking group. We have groups that hang out and have coffee, play games, and, and, and whatnot. But what it is, it's a group of friends getting together, and they influence one another to continue to grow in their faith and as a person. I love that, through discussion. And that's a life group is based upon discussion. It's not a teaching or like one person speaking like I'm doing today. Life group is all about getting together and building close relationships to help others influence you in your walk with Christ and just to ultimately be a better person. Let's look at as what we're talking about. If you need help in your relationships, like say your marriage or parenting or just you having issues with a coworker or friends, you get into a life group with people that are a little bit further down the road than you, they can help you to develop in those relationships, right? As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens and influences one another. So I want to encourage you not only to continue to work on relationships that may be broken, but look to develop new relationships in this new year to help you grow in your faith and as a person. Amen? Number two, make new plans. Not only focus on new relationships, but make new plans. Listen, your former plans, or lack thereof, may have failed are mildly succeeded this year. If you were honest, could you say that, man, I had big plans for 2019 and some of them didn't work out so well, right? I think we can all say that. The good news about a new year is you can begin again. You can start all over. You can take up where you stop. Look at this in Hebrews 12, 12 and, and 13. It says, so take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Listen, maybe you've made 
you make plans every new year, or some people call them resolutions, and you're discouraged because it seems like it never sticks. You feel like that? Like every year I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get on this, whether it's health, whether it's start reading books, pick up a hobby, uh, you know, whatever, get involved more in church, whatever, and it just doesn't seem to stick. Anybody out there like that? You know, like me, like this year, about midway through this year, I decided that I wanted to lose about 20 pounds and I only got 25 left to go. So you see what I mean? So I'm one of those people. And it's like, man, every year, you know, the year starts out praying, fasting, they help shed a few pounds, get back on a good routine of eating better and exercising, and it just don't stick. But listen, when I read a scripture like this, I'm encouraged. I like how it says, take a new grip with your tired hands. Listen, it's going to be a new year, so you get to get a new grip on life. Amen? I'm trying to encourage you this morning. You get, you get another chance. Get a new grip on life. You may be tired, discouraged, because every year you make plans, resolutions, but then you never stick to them, or they don't seem to work out. Listen, a new year lets you know you can get a new grip. And I love verse 13. It says, mark out a straight path for your feet. This is the planning. Mark out a straight path. If you, you, you need to make plans now and be thinking about it. Some of you have already been thinking about it, praying about it. But listen, we, we have a whole nother week, still the holidays and New Year's, you know, New Year's Eve, New Year's next week. And then the following week, really the sixth is when everybody really starts focusing back on. So you got over a week to really start planning out. What do I want to do in 2020? You know, if you make some adjustments right now, it can completely alter your destiny. Stop and think about that. It's not just about a new year. What I do in 2020 could alter my whole destiny. The whole plans and purpose God has for my life and your life can be altered in 2020. So I think about Jacob, you know, taking this position and stepping into what God's called him to do. His destiny is about to be altered in a great way, right? And so, you know what? Make plans. You know, we, we, we've sat, we've been planning, we've been meeting, we've been praying about, okay, how do we, how do, we do this? We have plans of course, we know the, the Bible says, but the Lord directs our steps. But even in our plans, look what it says in Psalm 24, 20, verse 4. May he grant your heart's desires and make all your plans succeed. So as I talk about you need to make new plans, in the light of this scripture, remember that we need the Lord's help for our plans to succeed, right? What we're planning about, and sometimes we got to even pray, you know, about our plans. You might have a plan, but that might not be the Lord's plan for your life, right? But there's things I believe that God puts in our hearts. He gives us our heart's desires, and he helps our plans to succeed. succeed. So I'm going to encourage you. Focus on new relationships. Make new plans, which leads into number three. Plan to develop new uphill habits. Develop new uphill habits. Not just, a ha not just any habit, but I like, uh, uh, I read that somewhere, an uphill habit. Like somewhere that's going to take you at a, at a different level in your life. That's going to help you to progress in your life. Because I can make a habit of eating Oreos every night before bed. That's not going to help my plan and my goals, right? That's going to continue to take me downhill, right? You know, these uphill habits, of course, can be spiritual, physical, relational, which we hit on already, financial, etc. Of course, the list can go on and on. But I believe that these are the top four in most people's lives. So since we talked about relationships already, I want to talk about the first three I mentioned. You know, starting some spiritual habits in 2020. I love this. Look at Zechariah 8, 20 through 21. I love how just translation says it. This is what the Lord of Armies says. 
People and citizens from many cities are going to come. The citizens of one city will come to another city saying, let's make a habit of going to ask the Lord for a blessing and to seek the Lord. I love that. Many people are going to make a habit of seeking the Lord. And you know, obviously you're in church today, so you have, you, you have a desire to seek the Lord. You have a desire to seek God. But is it a habit in your life more than a weekly habit or just a hit and miss during the holidays kind of thing, Easter, Christmas, or when things are going bad or in a new year? I want to encourage you to begin the habit of seeking the Lord on a regular basis. Here's a few just basics, basic things. I met a few new people today. So, again, I don't know where everybody's at, uh, where you're at in your Christianity as a guest, as, as uh, you know, you've been coming for a long time. But just a couple of habits that that you need to make. Some habits I've made in my life that help me to grow spiritually tremendously. Number one is plan through, plan to read through the Bible next year. If you've never read through the Bible, or if you have before and you stopped, I want to encourage you to do that. We have many different ways. We have our church app, our Family Life app. And they have a Bible reading plan that'll take you through. You can download the U Version Bible app. They have multiple different reading plans. We sell one-year Bibles in the bookstore. You can go through that, and then also in the lobby, you have you have a paper. Uh, plan to go through, which I still use. I still, with all, you know, all the technology, I still have a, a, a yearly reading plan that I keep in my Bible that I follow along uh, every single year. And, and it's just a blessing, even as I'm coming to the end of the year, I'm a couple of days ahead of schedule. And it's just a goal that I set every year to read through the Bible, to get the full counsel of God's word every single year. And it helps me, <clears throat> excuse me, not just because I'm a pastor, but it helps me to continue to grow spiritually, right? When you're dealing with relationships and you get into the word of God and you read every day and see that the Bible says you need to forgive and be kind and the Holy Spirit taps on your shoulder and says, you wasn't kind to your wife last night. Y'all following with me? That's what helps about daily Bible reading. So get into that habit of reading the Bible. Again, you can grab that on your way out. You can you can grab one of the paper plans or you can go to our app and follow along and start. You can get a plan. You can look at it. You have a week now or a few days before January 1st. Start fresh on January 1st and make a plan. It says something. If you read three chapters a day, like 15 minutes, and then maybe five chapters on a, on a Sunday, and different plans are different. That's the one that I follow. You can read through the whole Bible in a year. It seems like, man, the whole Bible. But it takes 15 minutes of reading every day to go through the whole Bible. Second thing, make a daily, make daily prayer and worship a priority. Set aside some time each day to spend in God's presence. I know a lot of people, I've heard a lot recently, and it blesses me and to share it with the staff that just recently I've heard quite a few people tell me that they sense God's love and God's presence right when they walk on this campus. And we pray for that. That's an answer to prayer. And so I know that that's a great thing that, that when we worship together, there's something powerful about agreement, coming in agreement, worshiping, you sense God's presence. But I want to encourage you to get into the, to the, the habit of seeking the Lord every day in your own personal life. So you, you need to do that individually. And we, we want to help you with that because the next thing I want to encourage you is to join us in our annual 21 days of prayer and fasting that's going to start January 6th. You might say, man, Brandon, I don't know how to pray. Well, you know what? Not only is 21 days of prayer and fasting going to help you in your own personal life, it'll help to teach you how to pray. If you come to some of these prayer meetings, we'll have prayer meetings daily, three times a day for the first week and then in the evenings for the last two weeks. If you get around people that are praying, it helps you to pray. I learned how to pray by joining the intercessory prayer team, which is one of our serve teams that we have here on, on, on campus. Matter of fact, right now, there's a group of people upstairs right above us that are praying for you and me. 
I don't know if you knew that. Every single Sunday, both services, we have a group of people that pray the whole time while the message is being preached. After worship, they slip out and they go upstairs. And that's how I learned how to pray. I wanted to serve somewhere. It was kind of behind the scenes. I didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing. I wanted to serve, but it was a great blessing because it helped me to pray. And prayer and fasting taught me how to pray. I learned how to pray. I'd hear them praying something. I'm like, that sounds good. I think I'm, I'm going to say that, you know? I mean, it, right? I mean, it sounds very basic, but it's true. That, that's how, one of the ways I learned to pray. And so if you don't know how to pray, you don't, you're not sure, come into, you know, to, to these prayer meetings in January. We have both worship and prayer. And so you can learn just from being a part in a corporate environment, you can implement some of these things in your own life. And it doesn't take long. Listen, y'all, prayer is simply talking to God. In its rawest form, prayer is talking to God. It's spending time with God. So I want to encourage you to join us for the 21 days of prayer and fasting. So I want to encourage you in some of these habits. And Pastor Todd and myself, next next month, we're going to be kicking off a series talking in more detail. Second, though, is, is, is our physical. Of course, in church, we do focus on the spiritual life, but we also need to focus on our physical bodies as well. Look at 3 John 2 through 3. It says, Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. Do you see that? He says, I hope you're as healthy as you are strong in spirit. He put just as much emphasis on being physically healthy as you are spiritually healthy. Do you see that? Is that what your Bible says? Right? And so I'm I'm not saying you neglect the spiritual and just focus on the physical, but I don't think we should neglect the physical as well. I think the Bible makes it clear that we need to be healthy in our bodies. You know, I, I already gave you my plan that I failed in 2020. And of course, I'm a, I mean, 19, I'm going to pick it up. And so this is for me. Y'all could just listen in if you want, you know. But we, you know, some of us need to change maybe the way we're eating and focus more on fruits and vegetables and, and water maybe and, and, and smaller portions, right? I know when you talk about portions in South Louisiana, some people look at you like, what's that? What, what's a portion? But the truth is, is we need to focus on, 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 on if, if we need, Physically, it's not, and listen, I'm not just talking about losing weight. So let me just make that clear. I'm not just talking about losing weight, but there's something about, you know, when you're eating better and you're exercising on a regular basis, don't you feel better? And I think all of us, or I say all of us, some of us, let me say not all of us, some of us would do good by getting, starting with me, getting, you said amen kind of loud on that, man. Come on. <laughs> help, help a brother out here, man. I appreciate the encouragement, but starting with me. Yes, Dean, you're right. We would do good by, by eating a healthier diet, maybe smaller portions, and beginning some sort of exercise. Listen, you can start with just walking every day. Like, man, it's hard for me to get in the gym and all that. If you could take some time just to walk every day, be it on a treadmill or go outside, especially outside, something about getting fresh air in your lungs and, and whatnot, it would be good. And listen, you can talk to your doctor. You can talk to a fitness professional. There, there's so many things online. You can look at just like the different reading plans. There's so many different eating plans online that, that might fit. And I, I've, I've learned this just personally. It's not a one size fits all. There's a lot of different exercise plans, eating plans that you can do that are going to be healthy and fit your body type, what you're going through, what's going on, you know. So we need to focus on getting physically healthy as well. Would you agree? Amen. And then the third one is financially. We need to either start again or begin some good financial habits. Proverbs 27, 23 through 24 says this. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds. For riches are not forever, nor does a crown endure to all generations. Listen, in ancient days, 
Flocks and herds were a common currency. They were the measure of personal wealth and the foundation for a family inheritance. Individuals who wanted to build wealth knew all there was to know about their stuff. Today is no different, church. If you want to experience financial freedom, you've got to learn to manage what you have. Start, and I'm about to use the B word in church, okay? Start or get back to a budget. I got some of y'all nervous there, right? If you don't have a budget, you need to, you need to start a budget. Or maybe you used to budget your finances and you haven't in a long time. I want to encourage you to get back to the habit of budgeting your finances. Listen, you've got to build a budget on paper and on purpose that you follow every month. Listen, what is a budget? A budget is simply knowing what you have and what you're doing with it. It's knowing how much you have and knowing what you're doing with it. Okay? So I want to encourage you. Some of you, you're, you're part of 2020 is you want to get financially in a better place. And we pray for that and we believe God will bless you with that. You need to one, start tithing. If you're not a tither, you need to start tithing. But also you need to get on a budget. So listen, this change can mean a total change of direction in your finances, your housing, your retirement, and your future. And like anything that we encourage you to do, we try to give you tools to help you. So uh, I don't think we did it last year, but starting February 13th, we're going to start Financial Peace University. Now, registration is not open for that yet, but we're working on it. You're going to be hearing about it pretty soon, um, where uh, Dave Mir is going to be hosting uh, Financial Peace University, which is Dave Ramsey. How many of y'all have heard of Dave Ramsey? You're familiar with him? He's one of the financial experts in our in our nation. He's a man of God, biblical uh, uh, financial stewardship. And so we're going we're gonna to offer that class in February, February 13th, to help you. If you say, man, okay, I know what you're saying, but where do I begin with the budget? How do I get out of debt? Some of you may be in debt, and one of your, maybe your main goal for 2020 is to get out of debt. If that's your goal, I want to encourage you to come to Financial Peace University February, starting February 13th. Again, and we'll let you know registration is going to be opening soon for that. So we need to start some uphill habits in 2020. Y'all still with me? Number four. We need to renew our thinking. Remember, we want to be brand new, so you need to renew the way that you think. Romans 12, 2 says this, Do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed, I love this, and progressively changed as you spiritually mature by the renewing of your mind. As you spiritually mature by the renewing of your mind. If we want to continue to mature spiritually, we got to renew our thinking. Your mind needs to be renewed. Our brain is filled with ruts and patterns of thinking. You may be a more negative, critical, kind of cranky type person. These come from wrong thinking patterns that often lead to poor attitudes. Listen, if, if people have told you or you just feel like you have a negative or bad attitude on a regular basis, it all starts with the way that you think. So if you want to change your attitude, you got to change the way that you think. You know, they say most people are fired from their jobs not because of skills, but because of their attitude. True story. They're fired not because of a lack of skills, but because of their attitude. Again, this all starts with the way that we think. Listen, look at your job with pride, creativity, innovation. Start thinking like an owner. If you're not a business owner, start thinking that way. A simple shift in thinking can separate you from the herd. You may need to also 
need to, uh, you may need to be thinking more, have new thinking, I'm sorry. You may need to have new thinking about certain people in your life, certain circumstances, situations, yourself, and maybe even God. You may have a total wrong mindset about God himself. And your mind needs to be renewed. I was worshiping this morning. There's a song I love to worship too. And it says, open up my eyes to see, uh, to see you clearly, something along those lines. And I pray that even after being saved 17 and a half years, being in ministry 14, I still pray, Lord, show me who you really are. Because I know even me, I can get a wrong mindset sometimes about who God is. Not only how God, because if you have a wrong mindset of who God is, you're going to totally miss how God operates and how you see things in life. And again, we have to believe and trust what I prayed over Jason and these families that are just a part of this, this plane crash, that God does still work everything out for the good. Why does God allow this to happen? I'm sure there's a theological answer, but my answer is I don't know, but I still believe Romans 8.28. That even though these things happen, God is a good God and he works even tragedy out for good for those that love him and are called according to your purpose, his purpose. When you love the Lord, when you have, you're living according to his purpose, we don't know why tragedy happens. These things happen, but God works them out. So if you don't, if you have a wrong mindset of who God is, it's going to be hard for you to believe that scripture. Matter of fact, it may be impossible for you to believe Romans 8, 28. If you have a wrong mindset towards God, we have to renew our thinking. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for he who thinks, for as he thinks within himself, so he is. What does that mean? Whatever you think about yourself, you will become. Whatever you think about yourself, you will become. That's what the Bible says. As he thinks it, so he is. But new thoughts and decisions engage the awesome power of our purpose that God has placed inside of us. So the best way you can do this is by finding out what God thinks about you and start thinking that way. If you constantly think negative towards yourself or that's the overriding thought pattern you have towards yourself is negative, you need to open up the Bible and find out what God says about you, what God thinks about you, and you need to begin to think that way. And again, that's what helps having life groups, having prayer and fast, and having prayer meetings. It's good to hear the teaching of the Word of God. You find these things out. And again, now y'all with technology, you can go to Uversion, the Bible app, and you can type in, you can search a, a reading plan that has to do with how God thinks about me or right thinking or renewed thinking, and you can get on a whole reading plan next year about this. The fifth and final thing is pray for a new heart. Pray for a new heart. Not only do we have to renew our mind, our thinking, but our heart, our emotions, our soul. Ezekiel 36, 26 says this, and I will give you a new heart. This is the Lord speaking. I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. That's good news right there. I will take out, this is the Lord speaking. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. Did you know the Lord was in the, the heart transplant business? Spiritually speaking, he can do a heart transplant on you, on us. See, life has a way of hardening us. Tragedy, trauma, loss, reoccurring disappointments can be a part of you becoming hard. Again, just as I said about unforgiveness, don't go into another year 
or don't carry a hard heart into a whole nother calendar year. The Lord says he will tenderize your heart, but you must come to him. You know, not only that, not only just life and circumstances, thing we can't control, but you know, we have to come to him, but guilt, condemnation, inferiority all come from reoccurring sin in our life. When we continue to sin, we have reoccurring sin in our life. These things begin to develop. We feel inferior. We don't want to approach God. We get scared. It makes you afraid to pray and afraid to approach God. But the good news this morning is that the blood of Christ that was shed on the cross was given for your total forgiveness and my total forgiveness. I love it that the Lord doesn't half forgive. There's no, there's no half forgiveness when it comes to God. If, if, if part of why we have a hard heart is sin in our life, as we forgive, as we ask for forgiveness, the Lord promises in 1 John that if we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, you can have joy instead of hurting. You can have freedom instead of bondage, acceptance instead of rejection. Listen, receive your new heart today by repenting of any sin and ask the Lord to forgive you and turn away from any sin in your life. Listen to what the Lord Jesus said to the Apostle Paul when he called him. We've been talking about calling and, and Jacob being called and how I felt called. I know many of you, you, you know what your calling is in life. When the Apostle Paul was called, this is what the Lord Jesus told him in Acts 26, 17 and 18. Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles, and I was to us, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Then they, then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be giving a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. That's the good news. In order for there to be good news, there got to be bad news. And the bad news, as I said, is that we've all sinned. All of us, every single one of us in this room have sinned. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And that word death means an eternal separation from God. It's not just physical death. Sometimes sin does cause physical death, but that word actually means eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So the problem is we've all sinned. Some of us in here have hard hearts because of sin. But we can turn to God today and say, Lord, I know that I've sinned, and I ask that you would forgive me. And if you do that, the Lord will come into your life. He'll forgive you. He'll save you. And he'll begin to soften your heart. So do me a favor. Just right where you're sitting, go ahead and close your eyes and bow your head with me. And if that's you, and you say, Brandon, you know what? I know that I've sinned in my life. And I don't know if I've ever asked God to truly forgive me, if I've been forgiven of my sin. But I want to. I want to start a new relationship. Well, I started this service by, by asking people to remember the day that God saved them. Maybe you never had a day like that before. Maybe you don't. There's not a defining moment where you ask Christ to be your Lord and Savior. Maybe this morning is your day. It's the glorious day we sang about this morning. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, Brandon, you know what? I'm not sure if I'm right with God. Again, this tragic plane accident reminds us how quick life is. Those people on a plane going to watch LSU play, and they never made it out of Lafayette. If something tragic like that happened to you, do you know where you're going to spend your eternity? If you're not sure today, you can be sure. If that's you, and you say, Brandon, I'm not sure if that was me on that plane, if I where I would be at. I, I just want you to slip your hand up. But you say, I want to get right today, Brandon. I need to get right with the Lord this morning. Thank you, Lord. You say, Brandon, I need to be. I see your hand, sir, right here. Ma'am, I see your hand. Anybody else? Hands going up. Thank you, Jesus. 
said, man, I need to be right with the Lord. Sir, I see your hand back here, ma'am. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? This is the best way you can go into a new year is by being born again and by being saved. Those of you that raise your hands, the Bible makes it clear that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. And we talked about also repenting of sin as we read. So let's pray. If you, if, I want everybody to pray with me, those that raise your hand. If you just pray this with all of your heart, sincerely. Lord Jesus, I know that I've sinned. I know that you died for my sin. And I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. Lord, today, I turn away from sin and I turn to you. And I ask that you would forgive me. Make me whole. Make me new. I want to be a new creation. Soften my heart and renew my mind. Give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, let's rejoice with these that just made a decision. Thank you, Lord. God bless y'all. Congratulations. Hey, if you made that decision for the first time, I want you to do me a favor. There's a card in the pew in front of you that says, I made a decision. Fill that card out. It takes like a minute. And on your way out, in the, uh, you can give it to someone in the info center. They'll give you a Bible or whatever else that you may need. Hey, listen, as I talked about softening your heart and, and, and your mind be renewed, another thing we're going to have coming up, in January, is January 24th through the 25th, we're going to have our Freedom Weekend. I want to encourage you, if you feel like that your heart's been hardened by maybe not sin, but just the tragedies of life or circumstances, I want to encourage you to join us. You can go online to our website and sign up for this Freedom Weekend. It's going to be January 24th through the 25th, the last weekend as we culminate the week of prayer, and, uh, three, three weeks of prayer and fasting. I want to encourage you to jump in with us. Why don't you go ahead and stand up, and I want to pray over you as you leave. Listen. This is your moment. Ask God to change your relationships, plans, habits, thinking, and heart. And 2020 could not be just a brand new year, but it can be a brand new you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these today. Thank you for these that made a decision to give their lives to you. I pray that we would, Lord, get focus on you and you making us new. Lord, you said, behold, you make all things new. And I'm believing for new relationships, Lord, new hearts, new way of thinking, Lord God, new habits, Father and new plans that will glorify you and help us to walk in the destiny and purpose you have for us. Bless these as they go today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Happy New Year. Have a great day.